0: Hello, Cyclocross friends, and thanks for tuning in to episode 219 of Cyclocross Radio. On this show, we are overanalyzing the Cyclocross World Championships, and we're doing it in just over an hour. So kudos to us, big pat on the back for the media pit crew. Not going to take a lot of time up top here, just going to tell you to go to the wide-angle podium podcast network website that's wideanglepodium.com become a member over there while you're signing up for things head on over to the CX Hairs bulletin substack cxhairs.substack.com sign up over there check out the notes for good deals on coffee and oat milk and uh let's get into it world championships or dutch national championships something like that it's episode 219 of cyclocross radio we're in the media pit with Michael and Zach, and we're doing that right now. We are back in the media pit. Michael,
1: how's it going? Bill, I'm looking for some CXE healing. <laughs> it's not gonna work um it's the uh ostenda of the season as we know it um ostensibly this is a show <laughs> this is my intro but really it's an excuse to use my puns i don't know bill sorry i just it's kind of a scattershot approach tonight it's okay it's all right it's
0: all good i mean you know i there. are i just looking at you guys, and I'm like, it's just good to be back with my curly bar cuties. And I'm, uh,
2: <laughs> wow, that to... is a, a timely cross-reference. Don't you think, though, that, that's a little bit more appropriate for the Grodio? I mean, they were, if we're, yeah, we're subtweeting uh, stuff that was written, you know, like five hours before yeah. this podcast.
1: <laughs> Let's just say this intro is still in beta, okay? Nice. There we go. Nailed it. All right. We did it. Let's talk about the uh,
0: Dutch national championships.
1: Okay, so can I? I want to. The first thing I this is my first note. And I feel like it's a good general note to lead off this weekend. Let's talk about the course. Just just in general, I want to talk about Ostenda. And in my intro, I said CX, CXC healing. I learned from that Jason Gay article that Marvin Gay actually stayed spent time in Ostenda and wrote. Sexual Healing is not the name of the album. It's oh, I called. saw that.
2: Yeah, it was, it was from a, random guy. They were like, Ostenda is music from random person you've never heard
1: of to Marvin Gaye, and I was like, what? So, yeah, Midnight Love is the album with the song. Obviously, Sexual Healing was written when Marvin Gaye was in Ostenda. I don't know. I thought that was pretty awesome. Uh, that was. That what was does that cool have to note. do with the course? So thanks though. to Jason. Jayce- uh, nothing. I just, I just wanted to say that because I said CXE oh, okay healing, I-, I thought you were gonna come in with the, in the hot intro. take
2: and say that that was a really <laughs> CXE course
1: no I guess all right so no I thought of the opposite we watched the pre-ride um, videos from Curtis and Rebecca and I-, I sent you guys a text and I was like I-, I think this this course is trash like I just it there's there's the beach and then there's just the hippodrome, which is a horse velodrome apparently um, but like there, I, like what was there? And I really thought that the, the 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 sand was just a gimmick. It was like it was a gimmick course. And is that a course that you should have your world championships on? Which you know seems to be the place, the pinnacle of the season, where all the good riders come. They you know we sort of the final story in the season is is played out. Um, of course, you know. Then I thought about last year at the airport in Dubendorf and how that really wasn't an amazing course, but we had an amazing race, like at the end there, especially in the women's race. So it's just kind of the idea, like, I kind of went back and forth on whether or not I liked this course, because, a, you know, a few days out with all the media that's come out and the photos, like, those are some pretty dramatic images of the riders riding in the North Sea. I mean, that's something you don't see often at a cross race. And so I, I, I still haven't figured out where I land on like this course was it just a gimmick was it worthy of the championships but i think it it did give us some good races i don't know curious of your guys thoughts well i i think on saturday i mean I, the general i will say
2: the general consensus of the twitterati was it the course sucked um to varying levels of people did not like it uh they did not like watching it um but i i was going to come in after that elite women's race with the hot take that i actually kind of enjoyed it Um, And I think, though, that is in part because the conditions were just so bad. Um, It had that epic feel to it. But you could say that the sand was, and we'll get to this, you could say it's a gimmick, but it was also decisive in spots. Like, you had to be able to ride these particular sections, and it had an impact on the race, uh, which is what you want, right, Bill? I think that's always your thing. You want features that separate the rainbow jerseys from the uh, people who are going home uh, a little bit disappointed and i think the the hippodrome section it was muddy it was greasy we saw that from the opening corner it created all these interesting decisions about running and riding and then the next day the sand just fluffed up um the hippodrome dried out and that was i mean i was texting my buddy i'm like that looks like a race at a golf course that we did um, and it was just, I lost track of which undulating feature they were on. I'm like, Oh, is the lap. Board. I don't know who knows, because they're all the same with the, there was just no, there was no chance of them slipping out. It was just, so my, my opinion changed. Um, I liked it on Saturday with the conditions and I thought Sunday was pretty weak sauce.
0: We didn't even talk about the flyover. <laughs> Ain't no flyover high enough. I just wanted to get another Marvin Gaye in there.
2: Yes. Now, what would have been interesting is if they didn't put the landing pad coming. If they just, went, oh, yeah. if they zonhovened it, yeah. and it was just like pure mayhem coming off of that. That would have been well, well I don't uh, know. Becca Farnsworth would, awesome, would but it tell would been, you the landing strip should have been longer. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Sorry, right, she doesn't need her bike. <laughs> her bike doesn't <laughs> in, need her. In, in, apparently, in Ostenda, Ust- uh, what what is it? You don't ride bike. Bike rides without you. <laughs> um So, Bill, we've got we've got well, half a vote, yay, a vote nay. What are, you got to come in as the closer here? What are your uh, what's your take? I I agree that Saturday
0: and the greasy conditions definitely made it a more interesting race to watch. I think there were also uh, on whole, more interesting racing to watch on on Saturday. You know, I think the U23 women's race on Sunday was great, and we'll talk about that. Yeah, and, and what – the only thing that it did – Saturday's race did set up for the biggest dramatic moment we had on Sunday because it was kind of muddy and slip and warmer on Saturday. And so all of those – um Ruts that were formed during that race, I think, is what and we'll get to it at, at the end of our discussion here. What caused Vanderpol to crash uh, early on the race because he got stuck in a Saturday rut that wasn't moving because it was frozen <laughs> on Sunday. Uh, I, and I, I think you make a good point too, Zach that about the sand and in that it really was, it was like, what, like four different sectors, if you break it down to what they were riding in the sand, and each of them w- really rode differently or ran differently, and each of them showcased different leaders' skills. So that was kind of a neat, you know, if you lo- if you want to analyze it to that extent, it really did come into play, and it was, you know, it with the, with the whole beach, it opened up the field riding that, you know, we talked about at Holst or wherever else, where you really, it was choose your own adventure. Where do you want to go? Again, this plays into one of the things that we're going to talk about in the, in the women's U23 race, but on whole. Oh, here's, here's this, this will be, this will be the statement. I almost like Dubendorf better because I think that, that geographically as crazy as it was at a supposedly flat, uh, air base, it had elevation change. It had off cambers. It had, you know, mud that they were running through. It had a lot of different features that I think, uh, tested, tested the riders. But that being said, I think these are memorable races as well. I wouldn't, I wouldn't just call this a a, a miss as, as world championships go. I know that, you know, Adam Myerson made the point that there's that world championships should not be specialist races. I disagree with that. I, I think that, that, that you're going to – I understand his point, and I understand that you know, everybody should have a chance to win a world championship, but that's not something that is exclusive to cyclocross. We see that in road racing. I mean, look at all the guys that skip the world championships because, oh, it's a climber's route. I'm not going to worlds this year. You know, or, oh, it's a sprinter's you know, route. I'm not going to worlds this year. That's a decision that road racers make. We never hear about that in cyclocross. Everybody goes, and everybody races right. everything. You know, you see the same thing in mountain bike, you know, it can be different types of courses. Yeah.
2: Well, and I think at least in our, our I I don't know, I, this is a point that I come back to the idea that there's specialists in elite cyclocross anymore is to me is just becoming a moot point. Right. Cream to the top. You know, right? I mean, you used to have like maybe the mountain bikesters, but that's not even a thing. Listen to brand wins number every year. Like I, I just don't even think, I don't think it's a thing anymore. Um, you know, although I guess we'll get to it, I would argue that I think this is perhaps one of the few courses that Van Empel would win the U twenty three race because of the running aspect. Um, yeah, but that's not that I think that's that that, not
0: like sand specific. So I I think that yeah, no, would no, you no. would you agree that that sand there may not be sand specialists, but sand weakness can still hinder otherwise <laughs> favorites.
2: Sure. And also you knew it was going to be a Sandy race. So you could do like Lucinda Brandon. I don't know. Go practice a lot. I just don't. I'm not. I I know it's Adam. I know blah, blah, blah. I'm just like, I don't know. I'm not buying it. And I think I, I come to the road racing argument. Like Yorkshire is different from Richmond is different from Innsbruck is different from wherever else. And it's it's different every year. You know, mountain bike worlds, they don't go to the same place. Like it might have a bigger climb. It might be, you know, like that's cycling. Like you have to be an all-around athlete. And yeah, one year might not be out of your year, but I don't I don't think I don't know, at least in elite racing, I don't think yeah. I think the idea of specialists is a thing of the past.
1: I guess to sort of maybe close it up on the course, just that at the end of the day, like we did see the same riders come forward pretty much who we expected. And, you know, I called the sand a gimmick. It was an incredibly hard gimmick. It was probably the most challenging sand section we've seen all year. So it, like, it did take that level, like, too extreme. Like, you had to be world champion level to excel in those situations. And we saw the riders, you know, at various times, user skills, brand running, you know, Betsamo in the, in the sloppy stuff, you know, you know. I don't know who else—the scuba diver on the surfboard getting the photos, um, you know. <laughs> so yeah, I think that I think that it it did, it did it was a challenge, and the best riders came to the fore.
0: Yeah, and that's that's the, the the last thing that I'll I'll say on this, and that I I like to preach a lot is that, and I think we may have mentioned, is that the riders make the race. You know, if you're going to have competitive a competitive race where racers are well matched they are at some extent going to make your most boring track exciting because they're racing each other and they will find a way if it is a close race to make it hard. And that's and, and to, to push that easy, I'm not saying this was easy, but if it is an easier course, they're going to push it to the limits to where it is not any more easy.
2: So Bill, on, on Saturday, I think you tweeted that you can't wait to overanalyze the elite women's race. So let's, let's overanalyze. Um, I'll start that opening corner. Uh, so I, I watched uh, Becca Feringer's pre-ride video and it was kind of a little treat that she ended up following Celine, Al- uh, Celine Alvarado through the we'll just called the undulations, the endless undulations. And I was really struck by how smooth yet aggressive she was. If you watch, she just attacks these Mm -hmm. corners. She cuts them off. She takes them tight, but she does it, and she looks so smooth. And I think that's a huge part of why she's uh, really, really good at bike racing. But uh, she did that same thing on that first corner, and I guess my reaction was, I, I guess as a cat three racer, when I know that there's a, a start like that, I go, I kind of watch the race before me. I, I pre-ride lines. I know they got to pre-ride and that was really slick. And I was just kind of wondering what she was thinking, cutting that so tight. Well, like literally the rest of the field went wide. Well, except for Sana. Um, she, uh, it was not, I don't know. I just was kind of surprised, you know, um, that the, the law of friction uh, kind of got the best of her there. But You know, as I always say, like you can't win the race at the start, but you can definitely lose it, and this is the ultimate example of that.
0: Yeah. So she goes down there, and you know, Michael, just from that start, she doesn't she she doesn't waste a lot of time. I mean, she's up and she's back on it. But that's it's kind of like what we've been saying with the women's races all year long that 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 start now just seems so much more important clara hansinger accepted that if you're not there then you're kind of done because that's their whole goal you know between you know alvarado who was on the ground and worst and betsema and brand they're basically like want to shed the field from from turn one and just get on with the racing and even though she was up quickly it seemed like still doomed you know just that that much harder to get back on it with the front of that race
1: yeah, that was, you know, I was trying to pay attention to that rewatching the race and whether, you know, did it look like that like if she had like my thesis for this weekend was the big what ifs. There's a lot of what ifs. And so the first one for the women's race is like what if Brand didn't slip out of that corner? How would that change the front of the race? Um but I don't I actually don't know if Alvarado had it this on on Saturday because she she never was you know like you said bill she was up fast she was up quick but then she could never catch back on she was chasing and then eventually she gets um passed up by yara and hansinger at the end and you saw on instagram she talked about finished like she was shaking her hands out she was like super cold and like not doing well so i wondered like she might have not had it this this weekend and um maybe it wouldn't have mattered i don't know
2: so one of my, I guess, one observation that I had watching that and then watching, I guess, Wow, uh, chasing back is that, you know, you talk about the sand. I think it made it really it, it seemed like it made it really hard to go into the red. And that really sucked a lot out of you. And you had to play it like Hansinger. And I think we'll get to this in lap two of the women's race. I think Bran played it as best she could. Um, but I, I don't know. It just seemed like you couldn't go super deep into the red and she was just flying. I mean, she came pretty, like she closed a lot of that gap by the end of the first lap, but like she went deep and it just seems like that sand kind of
1: really, it was brutal. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, so, so the other sort of big storyline we followed this, this, this season has played out as it would betsema, you know, She goes down, uh, a primetime goes down, Betsama and Co. get out the front, and then Betsama, as Aunt Macrossan called her the Sand Queen, um, you know, rides well and gets a gap. She seemed to be able to ride the sort of loamy sand um, better than the rest and was able to get a bit of a gap. I mean... You know if I've never seen Twitter go more quiet more quickly than than Betsima getting a gap at worlds and looking like she might win it, <laughs> which <laughs> everyone was cursing you Zach,
0: which bring so I want to loop back to what you were just saying <laughs> before Zach in in Lucinda brand and not going into the red and sort of how this race played out we we when we were talking about Holst, we all were watching what Lucinda Brand was doing and if she left it too late. Right. And it seemed in that instance, she did. She was not able to catch back up and, and get Betsema. Here we have it again. You know, this, this whole weekend seemed like a weekend of rabbits, you know, and, and unsuccessful ones at that. Uh, who, who has done this many, many other races was that rabbit beginning of the season when they saw it, it seemed like they were able to shut it down pretty well. You know, Zach, you're thesis through the later section of the season was that brand and worst and Alvarado or well, brand and Alvarado mainly were like, Hey, we need to not let this happen, you know, and, and they were pretty good at doing that. But then you have something like holes where she was able to get away. This looked like it was playing out into that same scenario. I mean, do you, it, it just seemed like Matt, the, the confidence that brand had,
2: or do you think that there was, um, uh, Oh, this this isn't going going well we got to do something i think it was i think it was a five alarm fire i mean she knew and and i think she relied on prime time to kind of shut that down and um i mean i'll get to i think the uh hero of the day for the abb crowd is Anne marie worst i mean i'm not convinced without Worst. so after lap one brand was chasing she was down about six seconds and then brand bridged up to um or worse bridged up to brand they actually dropped back to like 12 seconds but brand got to kind of sit in for the entire second half of the second lap and because she was just on the rivet i mean she if she i don't know that she was going to chase down that like uh, bill you pointed out on twitter the second that little interim they they ran they ran uh past blanca Voss corner they ran and then there was a concrete section. Um, Betsama was really the only rider who could ride that whole section. And that's where she got her gap in lap one. And they were close. I mean, she even, like, when they almost caught her, she got a gap. Um, you know, and I just think Brand was kind of dropping seconds there. And that, for me, it was, you know, if you're, if you're team ABB, um, Worst, I think, did a huge solid. I, I'm just con- I'm not convinced that without Worst there, that Brand doesn't just explode and never never get back in the game.
0: Yeah, you talk about, you know, being being good at riding the sand, and you're exactly right, Zach. It was that... Th- those, like, 30 yards or 20 yards even at the end of that, I think what I was calling it, like, the third sand sector that was... All of Betzma's time, almost that she was picking up, like she'd pick up four or five seconds a lap there, just because everybody was dismounting, it was heavy sand, and then remounting and losing momentum, and then she just would have momentum shooting off into the into the flyover back back over to the to the to the greasy half. But um, Michael, should we talk about when they finally caught up and
1: and going into those those last laps? Well, I just got to you know make sure that like last week zach i'll 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 eat the crow here like last week zach you asked if ann Marie worst is going to take it's going to be a factor in this race at all and i just categorically said no and wow was she ever like you said she's the one who closed that gap she made brand she brought brand up to bed some and really made her work for it and my other what if is like what if worst hadn't crashed three times in that race she might be our new world champion um I, I was stoked to see that. By the way, I was I was cheering for Worst. I was happy to 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 like be wrong on that one. I actually, got a DM. Someone DM'd me, um, um, pointing out what I said and how well uh, Worst did. He said he said he uh, Davis did say that he thought Worst had a statement race, and I was like, sorry, Davis. That that's you can't, getting second two times in a row is not is not a statement. Um, but I appreciate the call out.
2: Well, I think that, you know, I think what the interesting lesson here, I mean, you could just go categorically that, uh, I, 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 um, oh, I, I had started writing. I just, I don't know. I wasn't necessarily, I was just waiting for the pod, um, to share the, the time with you guys. But, um, like, man, I, even it affected me. I mean, I, was picking brand all season to win worlds and I see Alvarado have two good races. I'm like, ah, oh, I RS- <laughs> you know, um, overanalyzing that weekend was a terrible decision. And I think right. let, let's write this down, gentlemen, that let's not overanalyze. I mean, ideally to be Huger Heide. hopefully we'll have a normal year next year and it'll be Heide. Um Just like let's not overanalyze the weekend before Worlds because nothing that like we could have concluded out of that like paid off. Like, Nothing. Absolutely right. nothing. Who
1: was, would we be if we didn't overanalyze? I know. It's the best part. It's the funnest part. <laughs> I, it's, it's almost fun. more fun being wrong in this situation.
2: Well, uh, I, but I, I would say, like, I think it's better. My lesson is made, it's to stick to your guns. Yeah. Like, make those decisions and be that rock. Bill was that rock. Bill said brand on the run, <laughs> even when, like, all of, you know, everyone was like, Alvarado is a lock. Sure thing. She won two races, you know. Um. So it's like, you know, be that steady... But, uh, Michael, to your point, I'm not even going to, like, there was no sign that Anne-Marie Wurst was going to do what she did. There was nothing. You couldn't find anything to grab onto to be like, she's going to do this. So I I wouldn't feel bad. Like, <laughs> And you talk about the crashes,
0: but how great. She was not there for second place. She was racing so aggressively, coming around Brand in that last lap, making the pass. Brand passed her back. And she's like, uh-uh. Nope, not having it, and just going right back out to the front, and then then it comes up to I think the 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 biggest what if of the race, right, Michael? It's like yeah, you know you've done you've done more more crits than
1: Zach and I have done, so let's let's just get to it. Let's 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 talk about yeah. So I call it the Vanderpool Pedal Corner because there's there's a there's a banner there where he's holding his two mountain bike pedals. Um, so watching that race, they all earlier laps are all taking that inside line, right? But they're not even setting up wide and diving inside. They're actually riding inside. So I feel like if you're looking at a road race, you would, you would go wide and, and cut the apex every lap before were Marie worse. She was on the inside, just riding that around. I mean, I, I don't know, you know, she goes out wide to then maybe cut in. There's a big gap there. Brand shoots the gap because, you know, she's fighting for that corner. And, you know, I think it's one of those things where I don't think it was an elbow that was thrown by brand. I think it was just, just contact, incidental contact and, uh, on, on an off camber, slippery corner, um, you know, worst goes down. Bummer. I feel like it's racing. Uh, you know, I don't know. I, you know, I would love to know what was worst decision for that line, but
2: uh i i guess i was watching i mean at least one of the previous laps like worse that was worse line though like she she didn't change i mean she had ridden that line and it was brand who went up the inside um so maybe i didn't i watched maybe i focused on a different lap than you but at least in one of the preceding laps like that was because it was a little bit different in how you took it it was she
0: keeping it outside though or was she coming back to the pin like michael was saying
2: Oh, I see. I mean, she was still keeping it kind of wide, but hmm. I mean, I think as soon as she didn't, I guess I saw it as soon as she went, it was weird. There was like the inside straight up and then there was kind of like a, a, a banked on the outside. And right. I think as soon as you went to the outside, you kind of left your... To me, the closing the door is just taking the inside and leaving no space <laughs> um, at the pin. So maybe maybe it's a different um, yeah, interpretation no, I, I, that we had. But I think had, that's... I think but, that's
0: if, I, I'd be hard pressed to think if she went back and looked at it. Yeah, that's just a it's just a tactical mistake. It's the thing that you know. I bring it back to road racing, but it's cyclocross. We learn that in cyclocross all the time. I mean, you got to protect those those corners. You got to shut the door on people if they're coming through, and and she didn't do it. And um and I think that I think that the the one the one thing that you saw from that was she did from her previous crashes from. Call it tire pressure, call it tread, call it whatever you want. She had a very, very slim margin for error as far as traction to no traction, and she just wasn't going from from even. I think it was just her correcting, overcorrecting versus maybe a little pressure from Brand. I mean, Brand said that they did touch each other, but you know, I don't, I don't think in any anybody. I didn't see anywhere, even the most skeptical people who were like, "Oh, she crashed her out." I mean, I just don't no, think that no. was it.
2: Yeah no I was I was surprised I mean everyone was just like that's it. And, you know, um, Aaron, my girlfriend, I got to introduce her to Rubbin is Racin'. So I always love when I get to introduce her to, you know, cyclocross truisms and explain what Rubbin is Racin' means. Um, the one, one thing that really impressed me about Bran, and I think what we're seeing the evolution of her as a cyclocross racer, is how much she changed her lines up throughout the race. And uh, as a couple examples, so she tried, we're not going to call it the full Vosh, but we'll call it a half Vosh. Earlier in the race, and she just got bogged down in the surf, and she's like
0: explain explain what that yeah explain what that was, and we 'll get to it more uh
2: well, i mean the the full vosh was to ride um, before uh, the long straight section to ride like as far out as you can to stay on the bike along the wet sand and the surf then cut back the long way so she kind of like went maybe about half as far as vosh was taking it and tried coming back and you could just see her getting stuck in the quicksand she was like next lap she's like nope i'm doing the hypotenuse run um so she (laughs) bailed on that but then in lap four worse crashed again and uh brand talked about actually after the race or maybe it was um, one of the announcers like she had practiced dismounting on the undulation so she was in the process of dismounting as Anne-Marie Worse crashed right in front of her and that actually could yeah. have been another like devastating moment for the ABB crowd because um, Betsamo was off the front but Brand was able to deftly like she was already in the process of of dismounting so she was able to like whoop go right around and uh, change her lineup there, and I'm sure there's other examples. But I think you're just seeing the coaching of Sven, uh, as well as her evolution as not just a brute force cyclocross racer, but as really a smart cyclist who's making these on-the-fly decisions and bailing on lines and stuff uh, in the middle of races, which I thought was really, really neat to watch.
1: Speaking of that's like speaking of Sven, that's like Sven dismounting when uh, Stebar went down in front of him at was that Hogerhage Huger, or was that Hugerheide, Yeah. Yeah, anyway, just that was a cool moment. Michael, let's,
0: um, let's talk about the other uh, the other part of the race. Hot, hotly debated once again. There are our, our Dutch-speaking friends, all they want to talk about is uh, how Clara Hansiger needs to move to, to Belgium and, um, and learn how to, to start races and race uh, kermesses and that kind of stuff so she can uh, be good at, at cyclocross. And um, uh, I don't know if I completely agree with that, but Will
1: Globlog's doing it again. Do it again. Yeah, I mean, I just wanted to, so fourth place, she, she does her thing. She's trademark, move, glow plugs. You know, doesn't have a terrible start, actually, I think, for her, you know, and is in it, and then just is immediately calling back and, and chasing, hunting down primetime. Primetime has to be so sick of, hunt Primetime? is hearing the footsteps bill she is hearing the footsteps of hanziger and it is haunting her dreams um the hanzinger haunt how about that nice i just like I, I don't know i like just you got clared you got clared <laughs> yeah, you got clared <laughs> i Claire gets fourth at worlds and that's the highest position besides katie compton legend an American woman has ever finished, um, at elite worlds. I think that's, that's pretty phenomenal. I think that's a really good sign for, for us, for the, for the United States, uh, our, our riders in the women's field. And also, as I've said, again, like it's great to see our national champion out there, like putting the work and, and having those great results. I mean, since you want to see, I'm excited for next year. So
2: she was, um, she was down forty three seconds after lap one, um, and she until Brand. I think she was down like about forty three seconds going into the last lap, and Brand really turned it on uh, in the last lap, and I think she finished fifty two down. So I mean, she's in the conversation, but like you can't be down by forty three seconds after one lap of a cyclocross race anymore. And I, I don't know. I, I mean, it's like it's super. Ex- I don't know. I, I guess it's what you expected maybe in a way like when you look at that course it's like you know it wasn't like a beat expectations I mean it's pretty awesome so I guess I'll be looking for what she does to next year to close we'll just call it that hypothetical 43 seconds to be in the position where you know she can start fast but then still glow plug her way through the field and you know really pick riders apart especially next year we're going to see longer races so I think next year universally it's as close, quote unquote, to fifty minutes for all races, and so I think, you know, uh, I think, yeah, you know, if she she hits the hits the weight room and does the training or whatever, um, I think it could be, I could think it could be another great year for for Luke Low plugs next year.
0: Yeah, and she came into it saying not making excuses, but also saying, yeah, sand isn't something she gets a lot of, you know, yeah. practice racing in, and and still was able to to overcome a specialist course and, and still uh, <laughs> still pull out a, a, a great result. Let's uh, quickly, I, I guess we can just sort of fly through the U23 men, which also uh, occurred on Saturday, I don't know, uh great race by the Dutch. I thought that there there was the one, I think the biggest issue in that race was the stairs that didn't really even need to be there. You just went up and over the <laughs> stairs and then looped underneath the stairs. It looked like a very American um, uh, thing of, well, we built this thing, now we have to use it. I don't know if you needed it. The problem was, of course, that the, the stairs froze and they had, like the rules say, they followed the rules and they did nail down uh, grip. You know some some grip on top of the stairs, but as you know Becca Feringer pointed out the the grip stopped you you know gave you grip if you were going straight ahead, sort of forward, but it gave you absolutely no grip. in fact, the opposite. it was like you know riding on rails uh, going sideways. and um, uh, who did it in the women's Camp. race? Oh. Somebody also went down in the women's race, but Ryan Camp was the most, Ryan uh, Ryan Camp just, oh, no, no, it was two in the U23. It was also uh, Thomas Mean. It ended, you know, he he finished, but it basically ended Thomas Mean, who was a favorite. It took him out of the race. So it took one of the favorites out of the race. And then Ryan Camp went in there too. So otherwise it didn't have any side guards on these stairs either. So they slid off and then their legs just went straight down. It, it reminded me almost of like Katie Compton in the mud, except, as long as it took them to sort of get their leg back, back out into open air and up and going again and it kind of killed his race because he was the fastest guy out there and he showed it can we talk about it was it was it teamwork was it not wanting the belgian guys to catch his teammate pin pin ronar who had a great race as well but you know camps kind of like Hanging out for a while till he drops the Belgians and then closes it down on his teammate without without going through those steps. I think strategically and just engine wise, he's got a really good in our what ifs, he's got a really good chance of winning that race. Should we move on to Sunday? Any anything else to add to the U twenty three men?
1: Yeah. Yeah, the only thing I want to add, Bill, is 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 the uh Pim Ronhar's celebration. Oh yeah. At the end. I mean, I don't I don't know. Uh was that was that the goose? I was like the goose of Ostend. Um, I, I
0: wanted a little so- rocky music, you know, a little "Gonna Fly Now" uh, <laughs> going when he's coming, coming down there, and and also in evolution, like not his first bird-related post up. Oh, yeah, he really? had he had uh, a little like flying hand, finger, jazz finger, um, <laughs> bird motion <laughs> there on a on another race. So the guys, he's thought it out. He's got a theme. I mean, I, I love it. Just love it
2: rider of Ronhar. Yeah. Ronnie, uh I just before we uh, we we've, we've been just before we leave Saturday and the elite Women. We've been slagging her all season. Yara, top 5.
1: Yeah. Not she, bad. Not bad at all. Considering her recent results and she was stoked about that fifth place and it's I like to see it when a rider comes across the finish line, not the winner, but is like stoked with their performance. Sort of sort of like you understand they're like, yeah, I gave them my all and, and that was a really good result. So good to see. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll talk about that with the, the elite men, the,
2: you know, the, the differing <laughs> levels of excitement for finishing. And so I, I think it's an interesting conversation uh, to have, but uh the U23 women race. I don't know. I I guess everyone kinda likes this because, you know, we're seeing that these U twenty three women have been in the mix all season. So like part of why, <laughs> you know, there just wasn't the excitement for the U twenty three men is like, sure you've heard, you know, maybe Ryan Campbell finished tenth, but like what did he do? Like that's he has you know never really necessarily factored in the sauce V lion battles, but you know, you had uh Vosh winning races, you had uh, Backer making statements all season long. Uh, on a cave, and stuff like that. Hopping. So early you know, early yeah. in the season, you had uh, Van Alten winning like what Brittany? Yeah, you had Van Alten winning a race. So like these are all this and this has been a theme that these are all women we know. Uh and I think it makes it, you know, probably in a in a in a normal year the third most I would say race that like you're kind of like excited because you know the riders. Like you can have opinions about what's going to happen and, you know, it's even more interesting because you're like, well, how, what are the relative finishing positions or whatever. So Um, but we had a a blast from the, from world's past (laughs) going to the whip early.
1: The Vander rocket. Vander no longer hiding, going out (laughs) front. She 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 was not hiding. No, (laughs) she was your rabbit rabbit of that race, huh? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it sort of played out
0: the same way. She was a rabbit. She had a good jump out there and then, uh, getting, chased down going back and watching this race it it I, and maybe i just wasn't i was just concentrating on on vosh a lot and what van der was doing but Finland Ample consistently just a strong race the whole the whole time i mean she was just kind of there he gets a little lost in there with all the orange up there you know it's easy to tell where vosh is and then everybody else kind of blends together in that group but uh what a race. I mean that that just with with different I mean I think different players than 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 maybe maybe we were counting on other than Vosh.
1: Yeah, I think you know we as we mentioned earlier, you know, we made a big deal out of Bakker's um last weekend uh, her two podium finishes and really was yeah, was not a factor at all. Um I think Anna Kay also sort of not towards the front, which I kind of assume she would be. Um, you know, River Roll, also not there.
2: All right, let's get to the- it. Let's just, let's just get to it. <laughs> I mean, is there really anything else? I mean, it was a race. It occurred like there was, we got into the last lap. Vanderheiden got dropped. We were down to three. All right, let's Here, do the thing. Here's
0: how I am going to set this up and then I'm going to hand this off to you, Zach. I, I am going to give an Atlantic City analogy, okay? Atlantic City, you have all of the casinos lined up on the beach. All of the riders come down and they pass Bally's and they make a right turn and then they make it to Caesars and then they make another, they get off and then they run up to the boardwalk. Vash was going to the Tropicana. That's like four blocks away. And then she was making the turn. This is going to look so much better if I ever do a video about it and put the put the uh, put the map out. But this is this is the Atlantic City cyclocross equivalent.
2: Okay. Right. Well, I was the, the thing that spoke to me was the meme account, uh, the the map. <laughs> TFW <laughs> you think that Pythagoras was full of shit. <laughs> um, and the story being here that the line that uh, Van Empel and Van Alphen took was to run along the hypotenuse and she had to so her plan was to stay on the bike longer she rode along uh so you had the tide was a little bit different it was a little bit more rideable um but we saw like she was losing time every lap uh going into this mike i'll be curious to hear what you're saying but like so they're coming down i'm like i like, out loud, I'm like, Vash is going, she's going to dismount. She's just going to, she's going to stick on Van Apple's. but she's going to do the run. She's got to do the run here. And then I see, and I was like, everyone turns this way and she keeps going. I was like, this is bad. <laughs> I was like, what is she doing? She was, um, so that was, that was my reaction in real time. I thought that, you know, I saw what Brand did the day before, even though I, you know, me as a rider, I would have been like, you know what? I need to stay like, that didn't work. I'm staying. I'm gonna try to, I'm gonna try to stay with five foot twelve, um, <laughs> Van Eppel and her soccer legs, and try to minimize the damage there.
0: This was Michael. Before we get to you. I just want to say because I just thought about this. This was actually the, you could compare this another video idea. You could compare this to that Zolder uphill, off camber, of years past with the hypotenuse of getting off and running to the top versus riding all the way around and which one ended up being quicker. In both instances,
2: I believe it turns out that the mathematicians were correct. Oh, or you could do the, uh, the hill at Hartford Nationals. Yes. The, yeah. uh, that was the famous the late, the late run along the bottom. Yeah. Do you take the hypotenuse? What do you do?
1: Um, but anyway, so Mike, what, Michael, what, did, what were you thinking? I mean, I guess I, before the green room, I was like, look, this is, this has been litigated a lot on Twitter and in the Slack channel. And, and honestly, I didn't even pay attention to that. And I, I, all I want to say is I think a lot of people can, can, can recognize this is like running in the sand can really suck. And if you are not good at running, running in the sand is the worst thing ever. And you do as much as you can to minimize that. And that's, I mean, obviously that's what her plan was. And so I, I understand that. And sometimes, like, if you're not going to blow up, you can try to figure out later on, you might lose a bit of time, but you can figure out later on the course, because at that point, you still have a lot more of the course to work with for the finish line. So right, the question is, do you go with what you've been doing, even though it's not technically working, as in you're losing time, or do you change it up? I don't know. I I think, Bill, you probably have a good idea, and Zach, you've had some good arguments about it. But I think I I, I recognize the desire to minimize the amount of running you have to do on cross. I empathize. Here's my take on it. It,
0: it, We've seen that Blanca Vash is an exceptional cyclocross racer. I think that part of what this is coming from is that people look at her and say, potential future world champion, right? I mean, she's, she's going to be in the mix in her career. So that, that's where this was. And she did really well in these elite women's races coming into this. So th- there, there was a lot of expectations. Uh, and she had this bizarre-looking line choice that nobody else was doing. Now, she's not an idiot, She has good coaching behind her. They're kind of figuring out what she wants to do. Supposedly, she was there 11 days before this race. So she got a lot of time out there. I'm sure they were timing running on the inside versus riding on the outside and had done all the math and figured out for her that this was the plan to stick to that line as bizarre as it looked. And I think she has said she's not a good runner. The other... You know, factor is that she's pushing her bike. She's a southpaw, so she's getting off on the other side. She she would have been pushing her bike in deep sand versus pushing the bike in the rut that everyone else has already dug out on that side. So she's already at a disadvantage. It's sort of like the Kevin Powells. Yeah, I know you can shoulder your bike. It's true, but uh, I think it's mainly it was it's it's mainly the running. It's sticking to your plan where she got criticized for. I understand it, versus if she had changed on that last lap, lost even more time, and then she would have been criticized for not sticking to her plan. She's just, she was, I never, I think that we saw in that section, she was losing so much time that she was never going to be in a position to win the race. Whatever she did was going to get criticized. So, I don't know. But at the same time, it's worth having the debate because we don't know what would have happened, so... Debate away, but I, I think that what is? It, I think that it was something that the penalty she paid in real time was would not have been as bad as the penalty she paid for how freaking bizarre it looked. That's it. That's all I got. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I don't know. Yeah, I guess I I don't even fa- I mean I don't fault her for doing. I guess my my thing is the, the the my thing with it is like to me it seemed like she was actually doing okay with the run. It's just that she I mean she was hitting. Yeah. But look at that last part of the running section. Look at that last like, lap. She was
0: visibly. She was gasp. Huh? Look at her on that last lap though. She's like holding her side.
2: Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. So, well, in that case, you definitely don't want to be running. Um, so, I mean, I think we're like, you know, talking about that, we're still gliding over um, Fem Van Empel. And so I've ta- called it the curse of the U23 world champ. I mean, Inger van, Inga van der Heiden is not really done very much since she won. And we, we know what's happened to Riberell. Um I just watching the end of the race, uh, her against Van Elfen. I mean, you know, Van Elfen won a race earlier this year. She's raced cyclocross for much longer than Fem Van Empel. Um, I think Fem Van Empel might be the real deal. Um, she knows how to ride her bike. <laughs> and, you know, it's not just that she obviously has this, this gift. Uh, it's not just that she's a great runner, but she knows how to ride a cyclocross bike. And I think, I don't know, it seems like we might be, you know, looking at her as podiuming at races next year. I mean, she almost did. Ah, she finished 4th at Dundermond. Um, but you know, like up in the mix and I think that she I think she has a good chance of breaking the the nascent U23 World Champs curse.
0: Yeah. Michael, have we mentioned before we move on? Have we mentioned enough that she played soccer? Have we met that quota? Because I know it's it's right up there with Roglic ski jumping that that you have to mention it. I don't think
1: like, we mentioned it at all. No, exactly. I mean, soccer. It. Okay, yeah, go. Football. Yep. Fullback. Former soccer player. I want to just I will have like a podium of of redemptions this weekend. Uh, Anne Marie Rurst got a redemption. Uh, I'm going to put Aniek van Elfen. On that redemption podium for um like you said, Zach, one won the very first race of the season, bunny hopping the barriers to victory, kind of disappeared a bit, you know. Obviously she's U-23 racing the elites. Um, but just strong ride by her, good to see that. I like her as a rider. Um, we'll get and we'll get to our third um, redemption podium in the men's race. Can we do can we do this though? Bigger
2: disappointment. <laughs> Primetime. Or statement.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Gotta go primetime. Reigning world champion, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And just thinking about it, when she got that world championship, she skipped the U23 last year. Right. Interestingly, then you get this like first time almost uh u23 in there who who wins it you know we're talking about maddie Monroe which was a great race for her at 19 years old getting 11th place but you had fem van Empel at 19 winning it and then uh puck pierce coming in at uh sixth place also 19 so they're the young guns have young guns to watch out for
2: yeah, it's, like, uh, the, the that class is, like, <laughs> it was, like, Puck, and then w- last year was Sheeran Van Anroy, and, like, she had a, I don't know, I I don't think necessarily Van Anroy was even getting the results before she got hurt, and then, like, Van Empel is just, like, oh, I'm new, like, I'm here, but this is, like, what the Dutch women, I mean, for all we know, who knows who didn't get to race at junior nationals for the Dutch and who will be, you know, um, doing the thing next year. So, I don't know. I mean, I think, like, Yeah, we have like this, the quote unquote, I mean, some of them are kind of old, but like, who knows with this young talent, what it's going to do to the front of the field. And if they'll be able to break through, um, I'm assuming worst will be back if they can break through that, you know, those four riders at the front. And if, um, you know, there are more statements to, to be made uh, by these, these young ladies uh, next year. I'm pretty stoked for it. Yeah,
0: and before we uh, move on to the men, we have to give a shout-out to Francesca Baroni, the forgotten rider out there, the Italian in fifth place, never mentioned once by anyone <laughs> having a great ride. Nice work, Francesca.
2: Oh, didn't she celebrate, too? I think she was excited. Oh, yeah. yeah, she yeah. was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The men. The men.
1: <laughs> the Super Bowl.
2: I, I guess it was uh, it was Jason Gay's Super Bowl, um, so he was really excited uh, about it. I don't know. I don't know what to say. I got nothing for starters. Yeah, I, I will say. I'll, I'll, I'll say this, uh, Bill. Yes, we we talked about racing with heart, racing with head. Uh, it seems like Walt finally uh, figured out what he's got to do.
0: Yeah, I I think that that we you you know we talked about the game plan. Right, last last week, and for the first ten minutes of the race, how long was he out there in the lead before the flat? I
2: think it was like f- good 15, fifteen he minutes didn't flat till lap. Yeah, three. oh yeah, so no, because it was it... yeah, we were calling it basically in lap
0: two. But yeah. if coach's son in the locker room, the whiteboard, we're we're putting the playbook up. On we're dr- we're mapping it out. This is the play we're starting with. We're hitting him hard from the start. You know, going for it on first down. Done. He does it. You know, perfectly executed. It worked. To it get worked. It, it was everything he could have dreamed for. He is. What if? Well, he is out there. He is what do we what do we say you have to do with Matthew Vanderpool? You have to get him out of his comfort zone. He can ride courses faster than anyone else, but if you push him and force him to do that, he's prone to make mistakes. What happens? He hits that frozen rut I was talking about earlier, makes a mistake, flips out, goes down. Even more time, it's done. It's over. Where were where were the Michelin muds, Michael?
1: Where were the Michelin muds? That's what that was what he was screaming. Where are my green tires? (laughs) I will say, though, before that, like in the at the
2: end of the second lap, like there was just a like, there was rarely are there those like, oh bleep moments uh it was in one of the last sand sectors where Vanderpol was in front of him and Wout changed his line as vanderpoel was dismounting and just passed him in the sand and i was just like whoa yeah um because that's where he originally got that gap because right. vanderpoel was already like he looked five seconds behind when he, that first like riding the sand
0: it looked like he was riding in cement i mean he just looked like he was going Backwards in that lead group on lap one.
2: Total, uh, yes. Exactly. He was. Yes. It was. I think in the green. Like if you're a basketball fan, it's every every year there's a number one seed save Virginia against um, uh, that one team that beat them that one year. But like there's every year there's a one seed that comes out and just plays like garbage for the first like twelve minutes, and you're just like they're down ten. You're like oh this is going to be an upset, and they go on to win hundred to sixty. Uh, that Vanderpool was that to me. Just he looked awful in yeah. those first like first 10 minutes. And I think that but I think that he didn't quit on it
0: and that's kind of been the sort of the the take on on Vanderpool in the
1: past right Michael that you know he gets right. down and he's like ah whatever next week. He Vander quits as Zach said. I mean, but you look at the the post you listen to the post race interviews. I mean, when when Vanderpool flipped over that rut he sort of just calmly got up and got back on his bike. He remounted in the drops, which I thought was pretty interesting. But you could see in that moment, or maybe just me rewatching it, but you could see that he this was a man that was Yeah, he was ridden like crap that first lap, but he was he was not gonna lose this race. Like he he hadn't given up yet. And you know, that was and he said his legs felt great. And the one the one thing I sort of factored in on or or, or cued in on was um wow, sort of admitting that like he came back but he couldn't really push through. He couldn't do the full wow you know turn himself inside out. He wasn't to, in the he wasn't ch- in the Pyrenees. Right, right. Yes. He wasn't he wasn't towing the cusp bus. Um <laughs> yeah, I don't know and I thought that was interesting that that wow it sort of it admitted that. It was candid about that moment and I sort of was like, "Huh. What does that like am I reading too much? And does that mean something like, has he been racing too much? Like, has he found the bottom? What? Um, you know, like, is he now? I, I don't know. I, I think maybe not, but like, cause, cause wow, says he loves cross so much. So I feel like he'll be back and he admitted he'd be, back. I don't know. Just, yeah, there was something that wasn't there for a while. But I think even before that, it, we have to give Vanderpool credit for that. Because
0: after Wout got the flat and Vanderpool started closing him down, and he saw him, and it was lap three, Vanderpool put the in the fastest lap of the race by by a couple seconds. He, you know, talk about killer instinct. He was like, "Oh, this is it. We're we're ending this right here." And then he just he rode the four fastest laps for the next four laps. And then he let up at the end. I think Sweck, and then Tone got the last
2: last two ones as far as speed. But Wout almost caught him in lap five, though. Like <laughs> I, I, he almost caught. Like my what if is what if. So the section right before the bridge, you you know you there was you, well you rode a long section. There was a brief dismount, and then you had to ride another sand section. And Wout could not ride the long sand section, right. but like he was within like four seconds. Like and Vanderpool, like. And then Paul had like the uh, the other oh wow moment of the race bill when he unclipped on Jeez. the twenty one percent grade um man made flyover and still was able to pedal away. But like I don't know. I, I come back to uh I don't know. I, I, I think it was that the sand there's a lot of uh, sucking of energy, and Wout was in full chase mode. Yep. That so, yeah. I've, I've, hard to get. I don't know. I don't want. Right? I don't, Michael. I don't want him to like get in his head that like, oh, I raced too much cross. I shouldn't do this. Yeah. It should be more like this. Peaked me, and I'm gonna do great at the Spring Classics, and I made the right decision. No,
0: I think. Th- I think both of them were so on top of their game, and that's what's just why we were all kind of robbed by that flat tire. Because I think it was. I think it was the race we all wanted, and they would have been right there with each other I, yep. I think that Vanderpool would have caught him and then it just would have been that that one-on-one
1: race that we won. it would have been what we saw the weekend before that first first two laps where we had that just all out slug slugfest yep. of them just like yeah actually that was my gonna be my original uh opener whereas i was like mad because we were robbed because of that flat um damn you neils <laughs>
0: Yeah, I I, I I think that Wout was being a little little hard on himself. I mean, yeah, maybe maybe he thought that he didn't give what he what he had to. I, I thought it was interesting afterwards. You know, I, I made some Beatles joke because there was a big banner that said Wout is God um, on the on the top of the uh, hotel. I was like, uh, you know, Wout is bigger than the Beatles. Uh, but uh, and then then to even um, make that. Analogy even stronger after the race. Vanderpool basically saying, It's not about cyclocross anymore. It's about me and Wout. It's like, that's the, <laughs> that's, but that's, that's, that's
1: all that matters at this point. I'm like, All right. Okay. Wow. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. That's all that matters. I mean, that's, that's really the only show. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know what else happened. I don't know who else was racing. Um, but it was, it was certainly <laughs> only Vanderpool and Wout. I did notice that Vanderpool said, Um, so he's got four, right? Um, yes. He's on his way. He He's going to Fayetteville, and I don't know if that means... That must mean Fayetteville worlds, not necessarily the... Maybe, we're not sure yet, Faithful World Cup. I'm
0: sure it's Worlds. He's not coming for those World Cups.
1: I will put put money on that.
2: No, the the road season is probably... I mean, the way things are
1: going, the Spring Classics are going to be in September again, so... Well, I mean, also... Well, Road Worlds are in Flanders, Mm. so... Those are end of September usually, so yeah. Okay. All right. I was kind of hoping maybe... Well, if
2: I want to read it, so like he also... I didn't read the story yet because I didn't have time, but he said that he feels that Eric DeVlamic's seven titles is within reason. Oh, good. Oh, yes. Oh, I was was like, what? (laughs) Someone in cyclocross giving a, a care about numbers and like setting records? My math might be wrong here vanderpoel could be the greatest un, unequivocal greatest all-time whatever uh at age 30 and to put a better point on this so uh my mom is subscribed to the bulletin she probably listens to this podcast hi mom um she was so she was texting me she's like who won the women's race you know and i was like oh it's brand and you know and she's like D- did matt win <laughs> M-A-T i was like i was like yeah you know he always wins and she's like she's like yeah he must be getting he must be pretty old isn't it time for him to step aside and let someone else like you know win things i'm like he's 26 and she's like oh (laughs) yeah as as
0: scott as scott herman would say matt matt beat walt
2: (laughs) so yeah so i mean i think that Bodes well, Michael. For uh, that bodes well for us seeing Vanderpool uh, in Fayetteville at Worlds next year.
0: Can we talk about uh, cyclocross? Every man, Tone Tone Ertz, and the and and uh, the happiest the happiest bronze medal winner everywhere? I mean, look at the beginning of the season. The pen and paper going through his results and how many times he's been on the podium with Machu and Wow and how right. much that to be in that conversation just to be sharing the same masked air as those, as those guys. And how important was that? And in tears for the, for, for, for getting through and not because he was disappointed out of, out of joy for making that podium. And I'm like, man, that's, you know, we talk about winning, winning, winning. And that's, uh, I, I, I just, I, I found that awesome at the end of the race. I was, I was pretty stoked for tone, especially since he, he had Pitcock, you know, closing the gap and then Tone goes out and basically wins his race. You know, he had the fastest last lap of anybody out there, and it was to, to get rid of Pitcock, you know? And that's, that's how much that meant. I thought, I thought that was really a, a, great, a great finish to that race.
1: Yeah, uh, Irish national champion Maria Larkin uh, did, a, did a podium ranking positions on Twitter. Did first is first. Second was third. And then third was second, so you know, obviously, wow. Such a, such a, you know, second. you can
0: tell she's a Chicagoan
1: because <laughs> they do it backwards. <laughs> <laughs> we do three, one, two,
2: because that's our area code. Love you, Chicago <laughs> Cross Cup. Um, so I, I, I think one thing this highlights, I think, seeing the celebrations and talking about one thing that I will say just annoys me. Um, when people tell athletes how they should celebrate for not winning. Um, You know, people talk about the Wout Pout, but I think like different positions mean something to different people. Like, you know, like Yara was stoked to finish fifth. That's great. Like, I mean, it, yeah, it says something about where, you know, what her self-expectations are, the fact that Tone was excited for, you know, for third, but like, I don't expect Anne-Marie worse to be up there and be giddy and smiling and being like, yeah, I did. Woo. Yeah. I finished, you know, like if she wants to be upset, if she wants to be disappointed, you know, if Wout wants to be disappointed, like that, that's fine. Fu- I don't. I don't think he's obligated to like smile and put on like a happy face to celebrate again finishing second when he thought he could win. Like, yeah, and we saw. I don't know. It just it like it, it annoys so me. It annoys when, me too. I hate it. I stuff. was you know I got into it last
0: year with uh, the worst and and being in tears and I'm like that's that's fine you know and and same with Wout. same with Matthew when he did it. You know I I think what saved us this year
1: was masks. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. Speaking of also just this year and COVID, I thought it was interesting also that Vanderpool was asked after the race, like, how's it feel? And he's like, it doesn't quite feel real, you know, because there's no one here. You know, there's no fans. All my family is not here. Like, it'll take some time. And I thought, yeah, that's that's a you know, that's a that's a good point. We've been so accustomed to just watching these races without fans. Now I've gotten used to it. I I almost forget that there are people there. Except for the cardboard cutouts that were placed there. Um, thank you. That was interesting. Love the like, crowd wow. noise I was like Banner Pole. That wasn't enough for you. Um, he's not But you kinda forget think he's, that like, I you don't, know, this he's, is, this he's not sponsored by Bale Bank anymore, so he didn't care. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, yeah, it's it's it is, you know, it's a world championship race. It's the biggest event of the season and there's like, you know, no one's there. I mean, besides your handlers and so it's just it's sort of kind of to think about how that plays in into the athletes as well. Well, they had the nice touch too. Beobank was totally homering
2: it. It was like on Saturday, it was like go Sana and go Los and go, and then on uh, I think on Sunday, it was like one team and one dream, and it was like for the Belgians or whatever. Um, so yeah, man, they don't. I guess they don't. Because that that partnership is dead. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Right. Not even he just get Vanderpool just gets the Vanderpool, uh, yeah. the Vanderpool pedals. <laughs> The Vanderpedals. <laughs> the
0: Vanderpedals, yeah. And no, no, no confetti cannon to to go with our um our voicemail from from last week. And speaking of voicemails, we we do have a pretty good one uh, or a few that came in. We're just gonna save those for next week when we have much less to talk about. Uh, since it wasn't Dutch national championships. So um yeah. I mean what else what else is there to say? What does Belgium need to do to to get back into to being um the number one country in uh, cyclocross. Well, is Vantrin out in the hot seat right now? Like, is he I, I, again? You know, and and thank you, but getting getting you know having conversations with a uh, Belgian Twitter, they they seem to think not, and and maybe that's yeah. right. And you know, I just said it because that seems like the thing, especially you know, you look at football or anything else, and a national coach you know does horrible, and they they want his head you know on that day. So I don't know. I, I think that I think that Belgian has a track record of being uh decades behind in developing women. I think they know that, and we'll see if they change it. you know I think it if they don't, eh, I think it's great for all, all the other nations. Did we do it?
1: I think so. One last note. um I still haven't seen this guy in the surf, his photos i I think I saw one photo. You have to look in his stories. I did. All his stories are... Oh, are they gone now? Posts of people... Yeah, it's just all you know, surfing. Wrinkles. It's, it's just surfing pictures, right? <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. So, I'm still... I, I think I saw one photo. Yeah. So, I guess if he got one photo... I saw one, like, really great. far away
0: one. That was, I yeah. think... I, I feel like he had, like, a wide-angle lens and it was, like, too far up. But who knows? It was,
2: it was cool. He was in there. It was really yeah, cool. It was I think great. he said it
0: was the coldest he's ever been. So... I'm
1: sure. The fucking North
2: Sea. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll see when, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, Nate from Snowy Mountain Photography, he's got big shoes to fill with his going up in trees. He's <laughs> going to have to find some really right. tall trees I'm, this coming year I'm, in Arkansas. I'm
0: making friends with the Waltons. I'm going up in the helicopter. That's my goal. <laughs>
1: Lovely. I love it. Uh, th- hey, I've done that before, Bill. So you bring me along too. I have experience. Okay. We'll do it together. That's fine with me.
0: Uh, <laughs> b- before we go, I do want to just give a, a shout out to the uh, CX Hairs Bulletin. Subscribers, we, as as part of the subscription deal, we have a Slack channel, and a, a, a lot of what made this conversation uh, a little bit easier is we've have been having these awesome conversations in the Slack channel about these races and really um really smart uh cyclocross fans in there uh they're super knowledgeable and it's a uh, it's a cool little community to be a part of. So if you if you subscribe to the to the sub stack then um you get you get an
2: invite into that uh slack channel yeah they were bringing it man especially i was like <laughs> oh, man, we shouldn't write anything this week like uh it's uh it's an impressive crew we've had some really good interesting conversations and it's just uh, another excuse to talk cyclocross so yeah we did it we
0: did it hey world yeah zach what's going on in nowhere fast we haven't talked about that in a while
2: uh we're back uh we just recorded last night um and so we'll uh we'll have another episode coming out soon so uh yeah i guess kevin did like 30 zwift races in 30 days that's insane i know he's like he's like not human
0: i i I, i'm i'm eagerly awaiting i will listen to this one i'm eagerly awaiting to the next one where kevin gets to go off on the zwift the professional zwift cheaters
2: oh man you're all right i'll let him know so fun thing i mean if we're looking for like synergy he's assembling like this gravel all-star virtual racing team so he signed up ted king uh jeff kabush joined the team and he raced tonight they've got kbh former i think he won Rasputitsa in the past and so like it's a it's a team of hitters doing gravel and fake bike racing so <laughs> i think that's a pretty funny little twist to it awesome
0: all right guys, um we we got a race we got to race this weekend, right? Three There's more two. weekends. Yeah, two races. two races. There's like six more races. Okay. Well, we'll see all y'all next week.